welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. I have not yet talked about the uh, the Memphis beating because, it, frankly, it's there's a lot of information I think we, we don't know about. I mean, obviously, the story is is disturbing on so many levels. It didn't have to happen, I don't think, although I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know what, what went down, what precipitated the beating, the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, what he said to the officers that just made them go off. They pulled him over. Initial reports said they pulled him over because he was driving erratically, although there's no proof of that. And then they just started beating on this guy. He's 150 pounds or was 29 years old. Five police officers. These guys are all big. One of them, I guess, one or two were corrections officials. And there's all kinds of theories as to what's going on. I don't have all the information, but I, I have to talk about it. I, I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, I don't know if there was a history between Nichols and one or more of these officers. What pre- precipitated that beating it was unbelievable. One of the officers could be heard on an audio recording saying he's going for his gun. So maybe they were getting their their you know their stories uh, straight before this even went down, the cops. I don't know. I don't want to take part in any conspiracy theories, but it's just so weird that it had to happen. Now, there's a sixth officer involved. He's white. Officer Preston Hemphill was relieved of his duties, but he has not been charged as yet. And Ben Crump, who's the attorney for the family, Nichols' family, is uh, has issues with that. And, you know, you knew he would. Ben Crump is a high-profile attorney. And, uh, you know, we know we were going to hear from him. We haven't heard from Al Sharpton and uh, his ilk yet, but I'm sure we will. You can bet if the officers, if all the officers were white, that Memphis would be uh, uh, probably ablaze right now. But according to the president, you know, the the protests have been mostly peaceful, mostly. And it's unfortunate. I hate to bring race into this, but uh, five black police officers are accused of uh, beating to death this young man. And, you know, it, it seems senseless to me. It seems senseless. But there are protesters down there. We'll come back to this at a, another point. But one of these so-called protesters punched two New York City police officers. I read just a headline in the New York Post. He was released without bail. I'm skipping here, kind of transitioning to the, the problem with crime in this country. It is spiking in all the major cities, especially New York City and Chicago. And uh, different cities run by Democrats. Most of the cities are run by Democrats. But uh, Antifa is in New York City. And what this guy punched two New York, New York City police officers was out on bail later in the day. There's another headline. One-legged crook accused of pummeling New York City CVS workers is arrested again, hours after being freed without bail for the first offense. This is, it can't go on. This has to stop. Putting criminals back out on the streets. They're not held on bail after committing a crime in many cases. They're let back out on the streets where they recommit similar or more heinous crimes. Youth crimes in New York City. Youth crime is double in 2022. It was what it was in 2019. That's the raise the age. Part of the bail reform the Democrats passed a few years ago. Now 16 and 17-year-old thugs can't be tried as adults. In criminal court, they have to be charged or tried in family court, well, they'll get out, uh, you know, with a slap on the wrist. Now, obviously, they're juveniles. They're not, technically, they're not 
They're not adults because they're underage or minors, technically. But these kids, 16, 17, many of them are career criminals. Uh, this bail reform and the, and the raise the age and all the rest of it has led to a spike in violent crime, an increase in property crimes, and it costs New York and the country billions of dollars every year, maybe trillions, I was reading over the weekend. And many more people are paying that price with their lives. And it's got to end. In I was reading, a, I think it was a tweet from Larry Elder, one of the great talk show hosts in the country. He said, uh, to stem the rise, and some of this is tongue-in-cheek, to stem the rise in street muggings, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is urging residents, when in public, to avoid carrying cash, a wallet, or a purse, avoid wearing items of value like watches or jewelry, and this, this part's got to be a joke, and avoid wearing shoes and apparel thieves might consider tempting to steal. Instead of dealing with the thieves and crushing them, I, I had an uncle, 47 years, a homicide detective for the Albany Police Department. In his day, they did not coddle criminals. If you were caught doing something, mugging somebody or beating somebody up, those cops would beat the living dog crap out of you. They'd billy club you. And then they'd read you your rights. But nowadays we coddle the criminals and we, you know, we, we don't have any feeling for, for, the, uh, for the victims or their families. Now, this is all done. The Democrats did this, in, I think, in 2019, bail reform and raise the age and all that, because there are too many black and brown young men in prisons. They constitute of a high majority of, of the pri uh, prison population. And there's a reason for that, because they commit disproportionately a higher share of the violent crimes. That's why they're in prison. Nobody wants to say that. It's the, you know, the 800-pound gorilla. None of our people, no, no Republican wants to say that. They'll be accused of being racist and unfeeling to these young men. They need a second chance, don't you know? We need to, you know, uh, give them some a reason to live. Don't keep them in prison. Put them, put them through college. You know, teach them a trade. We know what the problem is. It's a, this is a 15-minute show. I can't go into it. But this, this business of coddling criminals and turning them back out on the streets has got to end. It's, it's unbelievable what's happening. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and doctors. And, you know, some doctors, a lot of doctors are coming around to what's what here. They've known this, many of them, but they've been afraid to speak out. And a federal judge in California has ruled that the state's new law, California's new law, that leftists, they want to use to punish any doctor who give their patients misinformation, in quotes. In other words, you know, you, you go off the... Uh, the line about COVID-19, you go off the government line about it, uh, you could be in trouble. But they cannot be enforced, these rules, against the five doctors who sued California. The law, according to the ruling from U.S. District Judge William Shrub, is nonsense. This is uh, uh, reported initially in the Sacramento Bee. The judge said doctors were familiar with following a standard of care, but not a contemporary scientific consensus a term the judge called unconstitutionally vague and grammatically incoherent, like a lot of what the left puts forward. It's grammatically incoherent, and it makes no sense, and it, all of it's unconstitutional. The issue of, quote-unquote, misinformation about COVID has been a threat to Americans right from the get-go. When the pandemic, which was unleashed in communist China, spread around the world, killing untold millions— the so-called experts said masks, you had to have a mask. It's required. Then they weren't required. 
then the experimental shots were required, then the boosters, double boosters, trip. some people have been triple boosted. They still get it. And the world continues to deal with the thousands of deaths that are thought to have been triggered by the mRNA injections, which have been linked to myocarditis and other fatal conditions, blood clotting. All the while, the political influences on the medical industry insisted, and they continue to insist, that other treatments, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which, which actually provide relief in most cases, must never be used. Now, why would the government and its cronies in the media and in, in, in big tech, why would they try to outlaw those drugs, make them difficult to, to obtain, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? They are known to cure COVID in many cases. You know what it is? Anybody who is a leftist is a totalitarian. And if you don't agree with their view on anything, you are somehow spreading misinformation. This is what they do on Facebook and Twitter and on social media. Democrats in Congress do it, AOC and and the, uh, the vice president. The president does it. I mean, every liberal I know does it. You contradict their opinions on anything, you're accused of spreading misinformation. But I'll get back to the judge and uh, the California law. Judge Shrub said the consensus, in quotes, on COVID is so vague and ill-defined that the physician plaintiffs are unable to determine if their intended conduct contradicts the scientific consensus and accordingly what is prohibited by the law. So I just want to finish up on that. And we're not done with COVID, not by any long stretch. A friend of mine, one of my coworkers, just contracted COVID again. It's second time. He's been double boosted, I think. At least he's had two boosters. Hollywood actors, some of them are speaking out. I'm looking at this one actor here, piece in, I think this is the Western Journal, uh, Neil McDonough, who is a very uh, devout Catholic. And he even said he wasn't going to film a kissing scene. And you have other actors, five actors, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and there are other actors who are stepping forward. You can read this in, in uh, World Net Daily as well. I won't, they're, But they're fighting this. So another actor, this uh, Zachary... Levi, he's in a new movie called Shazam. He came out against Pfizer as well. And uh, Pfizer's having a tough 2023. Uh, More recently, there was an incident involving self-identified Pfizer Research and Development Strategic Operations Director Jordan Walker, busted on camera by Project Veritas, admitting that Pfizer has been mutating the coronavirus. Now, it's not clear that Walker is who, who, who he says he is. But Pfizer never denied that he was an employee when they responded to that incident. So, I mean, some of these actors, like I mentioned, Neil McDonough and this, uh, this Zachary Levi have coming out and they're, they're, they're taking the bull by the horns. They're no longer afraid to speak out. And that's what we need to do. When, when we know it's right, you have to speak your mind. You have to, you have to speak truth. All right. We have uh, a couple of minutes left here. I got a, just a, a couple of uh, deaths recently in Hollywood. Uh, Laverne, uh, I think she thinks she played Laverne, or maybe she played Shirley. I'm not too, I'm not sure. Cindy Williams of Laverne and Shirley fame passed away this week. She was 75. And I was shocked that Annie Wershing, who played Renee Walker on the uh, TV show 24, seasons seven and eight, beautiful woman, a redhead. She was uh, Jack Bauer's love interest, or Kiefer Sutherland, Jack Bauer, the, the character. She was his love interest in season uh, season eight for sure. Annie Wershing passed away over the weekend from cancer. She had cancer for 20 years. She was only 45 years old. 
beautiful woman, just so, so tragic. And it makes you, you know, it really makes you appreciative. I'm Every day I wake up, I, I'm so glad that I, I'm living another day because there are no guarantees. People dropping dead, young people, just t- keeling over and just, dr- they're dead when they hit the ground. So you never know. Life is precious. Every day is precious and it's a gift and we need to, uh, we need to recognize that. I want to leave on a, uh, on a, <laughs> I was going to say a comical note because it's really not funny. It's kind of sad we have who we have in the Oval Office. President Biden stated that Ukraine was the aggressor in its war with Russia while announcing the, the donation. That's nice of us. 31 M1 Abrams tanks that we're giving to uh, Ukraine. Why are we doing that? Well, it's going to make them safer. Is it going to make us safer? Why are we doing this? Why are we antagonizing Russia? Anyway, so Biden made the egregious error during a a nine-minute speech at the White House soon after his administration confirmed the tank donation in coordination with contributions from other NATO countries. You can bet that uh, they didn't donate as much as we donated, the American taxpayer. Anyway, I could... That war is, it's been over a year now, year and a half, and it's escalating. And we're getting involved militarily in the war. And I don't think it's our place, but, you know, he's the commander in chief. 81 million people allegedly voted for him. And uh, he's got to finish out his term. Maybe if he can make it, I'm not sure. What else? Football. Big weekend of football. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated their uh, arch rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals, 23-20, thanks to a a 15-yard penalty at the close of the game, which enabled the winning field goal. And the Chiefs will play the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who dominated a quarterback-less a San Francisco 49ers. All three of the 49ers quarterbacks were out of commission. So the uh, Eagles won easily. I think it was uh, 34-7, maybe. Sounds about right. 31-7. So the Eagles and the Chiefs on February 12th, and that's going to be carried on. Fox. All right, that's going to do it to it. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you like the program, please, by all means, hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share. And tell your friends about the Pac-Man podcast with me, Ted Flint. If you want to get in touch with me directly, contact me via email, pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, all lowercase. Thanks very much for tuning us in. At the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.